You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hi, everybody. Today is a very special episode of my show because I'm putting this out and it's not a Friday. So, you know, it's really important. Today I have Stephen Schwab. He is with the Dole Foundation. He's the president of the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Patty, so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. I've known you for so long, and um, I know that you and so many other people from the Elizabeth Dole Foundation have been hard at work behind the scenes um, doing a lot for our military caregivers over the years. And this year, we've just well, actually it started last year. We've had some uh, obstacles. Um, the VA changed a few things for caregivers. And um, so it's, it's a little crazy. Can you kind of fill our listeners in on on everything. Tell us about what you do Tell it at the Dole Foundation and what's been going on. I want everybody to hear it from you. Yeah, well, thanks, Patty. And thanks for being such a powerful, passionate voice for this community. You've helped us and helped so many in the community synthesize and um, translate and feel better about um, their own lives and the support and services that they need from the VA and partners like EDF. So let me just kind of say to the community right now that we know that folks are having a hard time, especially folks who are part of the VA's Program for Comprehensive Assistance, a program, Patty, that you've been associated with really since the start. Um, And when VA launched this program, um, I think it was around 2012, this was a groundbreaking program. First time American medicine was going to be investing in who we at the Oak Foundation consider the backbone of American healthcare. Caregivers are um, on the front lines of delivering care to veterans and to civilian patients in more profound ways than ever right now because so much of medicine, veteran medicine and civilian medicine has moved from the institution, the hospital, to the home. And you're probably the best representation of that, Patty, because you've been caring for your husband. And while you go with him to the VA, much of your work happens where you are right now talking to me, which is in your home, which is why you do this podcast from your home and why you do the many things, the many entrepreneurial things that you do from your home, because so many caregivers like you um, find a way to contribute to the community, find a way to contribute to the cause, find gainful employment while they're home to contribute to their household while they still can take care of their loved one, right? So... Right now, um, the VA is going through an expansion of the Program for Comprehensive Assistance. And I think for a lot of people like you, Patty, it doesn't feel like an expansion, right? It feels like a tightening because people like you are being transitioned out of the program. And I'm sure many folks who are listening are either going through their assessments or they have, and they're going through the anxious moments of waiting to find out where they're Um, position is in the program. And for a lot of people in our life, in in EDF's life, in the Dole Foundation family, including you, Patty, we're learning that a lot of legacy caregivers are being transitioned out. And we're really concerned about that. Um, So over the last four months, the Dole Foundation has held countless meetings with VA officials, ranging from folks, you know, as high as in the secretary's office to folks in the program office laying out in very good detail with lots of data 
why we're concerned about the pace at which people are being transitioned and the inconsistency with which um, some of the eligibility criteria are being applied. Um, the consistency issue is an issue that's long plagued this program really since the beginning. Um, and we've been widely calling for consistency reforms for the last five years and beyond. Um, and we've seen, we saw some improvement and then we saw a big step back over the last, you know, four or five months dating into last year, as you noted, Patty and caregivers like you who've depended on, you know, support because they deserve it, um, because they're on the front lines, um, at home. We, you know, we often say the war has come home and we know that it has Patty now in more profound ways with our drawdown in Afghanistan. So folks who are being transitioned from this program feel like they're not being openly communicated with. They feel like they're being judged. Um, some have told me they feel like they're being set up for failure in their evaluations. And so the VA clearly has a great deal of work to do on the communication front, on the transparency front, um, on the ways that it's being consistent with the way that assessments are being made and how they're communicating to caregivers who will be transitioned. Now, I've we have not been in the middle of making these judgment calls on who's being transitioned out, Patty. And so, you know, I could I could share my opinions on your particular case publicly, but I won't. I think you know where I stand on that. <laughs> but um, each case is an individual case. What we know is happening is that we feel like there's a rocky foundation upon which these decisions are being made. Um, and we've made, we've made our viewpoint known to the VA over and over again, as far back as when they published the new rules that were going to be utilized to make these eligibility judgments. And we made a lot of recommendations to VA over our concerns that folks who are caring for loved ones with men especially mental and emotional or in more invisible conditions, we're going to be more greatly impacted than those who had really visible um, physical wounds, injuries, and illnesses. And that's turned out to be true, right? Wouldn't you say that you're seeing a lot of your peers who deal yeah. with PTSD and mental and emotional conditions being impacted harder? That and especially traumatic brain injury. Yes. Yeah. And so um, what all that we've been doing has led to, I'm, I'm happy to say, is the sec that Secretary McDonough announced just today that um, the Deputy Secretary was going to be doing a comprehensive review of the Program for Comprehensive Assistance. Um, we have called for that review to include um, looking at what the implications are for people who've been transitioned since um, over the last several months. We need to make sure that moving forward, that there's greater consistency and that um, the processes improve, but we've got to see how that impacts all the people who've gone through the process in the last several months, people like you, Patty, right? Right. Um, I wrote a, a note today to the secretary and I, I, listen, I want to praise the secretary and the VA for the step that they took today. Um, the secretary, this secretary has been responsive um, to requests when we've made them. Um, and I'm happy that um, the conversations that we were having with the program staff have reached the secretary and that he's taken this swift action. And we've made it known to him and to the deputy secretary that we're ready to assist in this review. We wanna be a full partner in this review. We wanna bring the caregiver community into this review. Um, 
Patty, I think I shared with you uh, more than a few weeks ago that that we've requested um, uh, folks inside VHA to have some town halls with the caregiver community, and that hasn't happened yet. Um, we haven't seen that materialize, and I think that's really important um, that leadership engage the community in a conversation and a dialogue so that they can hear directly from caregivers like you and those listening how these um, process um, issues are impacting people's lives. Um, because you and I both know that in some cases, in a lot of cases, this is life and death. Um, and um, let's also say, Patty, that you and I both know, we've talked about this, that there probably are cases um, with the expansion where it makes sense for a particular caregiver or set of caregivers to be transitioned because their situation has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the original mission of the program was um, almost supposed to be like a graduation program, right? Where folks get to a point where they can, where they can transition. But, but um, in those instances, that's not being communicated to those caregivers in a consistent way, would you say? Right. I think that there's been some confusion on that because originally when we first started um, petitioning for legislation to implement the caregiver stipend, it was for people who needed it long term. Yes. And then I think that's where the confusion kind of started. So you you have caregivers getting together for support groups. And so you have these, what I call legacy caregivers. They've been on the program for many years because that those veterans are not going to get better. They have injuries that won't get better, but they're kind of mixed into support groups with others who will get better. So that's probably where some rumors started. You know how that is. So definitely communication. Yeah. And Patty, I think that's why I was careful to say that 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 doesn't apply to all caregivers. You and I both know, and, and you know, we are, we're proud that Patty was a part of the Dole Fellows Program, um, and we've been blessed to have um, so many incredible caregivers, many who I know you're friends with, who've been part of that program, and many of them are legacy caregivers whose veterans um, won't get better. Um, and we've seen too many of those legacy caregivers receive notification that they're being transitioned out of the program. And um, what's hitting me is that they don't know why. Um, So that means that VA, that we're not communicating with these families in the ways that we need to be. Um, It also means that, um, that the appeals process um, is, is not one of clarity. And I've also seen way too many instances where caregivers who received this decision are saying, I'm not even going to appeal because I don't think I'm going to be successful. That is gut wrenching to me. So if, you know, and can you, I mean, are you seeing that too? Yeah. And you know, for me, it's not even that I don't think that we would qualify. For example, um, I have had several come to me saying, we'll appeal for you because they've known me for so long and they've known, they know Ken's history in and out. I'm to the point where I'm tired of fighting it all the time. And that's where we're, a lot of us legacy caregivers are at because so many of the legacy caregivers were there at the beginning fighting to um, have these wonderful services for caregivers. And it sort of feels like we've had the rug kind of yanked out from under us, you know? Yeah, well, that is the saddest part of um, what we've been seeing at the foundation. Um, for caregivers like you, many of who served as, as fellows and, and those who have not, who've been in the trenches, caring for and loving their veteran um, who are finding out that they're um, being transitioned from the program. The biggest uh, 
uh, concern that I have, Patty, um, and I'd love to dialogue with you about this, is um, so many caregivers who've received that decision, that negative decision, um, are questioning their legitimacy as a caregiver as a result. Um, I want to use you as an example, Patty. I haven't seen mm -hmm. that from you. I've seen the opposite. I've seen a determination to be a voice uh, for the community. You, to your credit, have been in proactive touch with me and with my team being a voice for this community. Um, and my challenge to caregivers like you is to follow that example. Um, your status in the Program for Comprehensive Assistance has absolutely nothing to do with your status as a legitimate, patriotic, selfless, duty-bound caregiver. Um, and we're going to be with caregivers like you, Patty, in the fight to get PCAFC right. Um, and we'll be working with the VA, the secretary and the deputy secretary to do this evaluation to see where improvements can be made and what the implications of those improvements mean for folks who've been impacted since last fall. But I'm hoping that every caregiver listening today hears me when I say this. Um, no VA program, no Dole Foundation program, no government program at VA or DOD. Um, your enrollment in that or your lack of enrollment in that, none of that defines that you are a worthy, successful, um, selfless um, caregiver. No one can take that away from you. Um, and what the other thing I want to say to caregivers is that for anyone who's been transitioned or is about to go through their assessment or has questions related to their preparation or what kind of services and supports are available to them, whether they're in the program or not, they need to reach out to us at info at elizabethdolefoundation.org. They can email me directly at steve at elizabethdolefoundation.org and we'll prep you for the process. We will um, we'll make you aware of the services and supports available at EDF. If there's a gap, if you have a financial gap, we have a critical financial assistance program. If you need respite support, we have a backup care program where we can send people into the home to be supportive. Um, if you need training and education, we have training and education. We have employment support. Um, and if it doesn't exist at our foundation, we'll um, we work with wonderful partners like Wounded Warrior Project and Quality of Life Foundation and Yellow Ribbon Fund and lots of others who provide um, support where and when you need it. So the VA is one answer. And enrollment in PCAFC is an important thing for some caregivers. Um, but there are a lot of other services and supports both at VA and outside of VA. Um, and um, and I, I do want to talk to you about some work we're doing beyond the PCAFC um, reforms that we believe are necessary to address some of the fundamental issues that that we think the VA has in, in, in serving caregivers. Yeah, I think that that's important. Um, now, Steve, um, I've had so many caregivers, especially over the last couple of days, and they didn't even know that we were going to be recording together. But I've had so many reaching out to me, very concerned about um, they were dropped from the program. And the VA said that they, quote unquote, graciously extended a year of um, services and paid to them. However, some of these caregivers are getting nervous because they were notice, notified a couple months ago and they're not able to find jobs outside of the home that will allow them to still be with their veterans. So they're really getting um, frustrated, nervous, um, 
very, very anxious. I had one call me yesterday and she was really concerned because of the inflation right now in America that um, they're just getting by as it is. So she was about to have a breakdown on the phone with me yesterday. Um, so it, that's also really concerning. Now, those who've been removed from the program, has there been any word from VA? Are they going to be reevaluated with um, these new set of possible guidelines that they might be drawing up or this new, like, what are they doing? Do you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, the short answer to that is I don't know. Um, what I do know is that the secretary announced today that they were going to do a top-down evaluation of the program. What we have called for in that evaluation is that there be an examination of how that evaluation or what the evaluation's imp impact will be on those who've, whose decisions have been rendered over the last couple of months, right? Mm -hmm. um, I can't say right here and right now that that means that any one person who's received that notification, that it'll be reversed. Um, what I can tell you is that this is what we've been asking for for several months, and the VA has... Uh, the secretary and the deputy secretary have stood up and said that this is going to be done, um, which we're happy about. And we have offered at EDF, um, uh, like I said, literally wrote the secretary and the deputy secretary just a couple of hours ago to say that the full weight of EDF is available to help support this evaluation. And we want to be the voice of caregivers like you, Patty, and so many others who've been impacted um, over the last several months. So, from my standpoint, everybody that's listening who's been impacted can count on EDF being a voice for them as, as the VA literally just today opened up that evaluation process. We expect that in the next day and you know, several days and weeks that we'll come to understand what that evaluation process means in detail. And, and I'll be sure to be communicating with you and the community what we hear. And, and I'll make a commitment that we'll be very transparent about what we hear with the community. I mean, you've given me a lot of great advice on making sure that we're utilizing our social media properties and our email lists and our blogs in a way that the community can stay, can stay abreast of the developments here. So you have my commitment to make sure that we do that. What I will also tell you is um, if there are caregivers like the caregiver you just spoke about, who is feeling really um, desperate and helpless, um, they need to reach out to us right away. Um, because we have support available right now that's going to get them through this acute phase of their anxiety and their worry. And we're, we're able to make, you know, financial support available as long as they qualify. And, and if they're, you know, if they're, if they're expressing the kinds of sentiments I've heard you saying, they would qualify. And the second phase of our financial support, um, that we're, we'll be unveiling in the next several months is a link to employment. Um, because we recognize that we still haven't figured out, you know, we've done a lot for veteran employment. We've done a lot for spouse employment. We haven't done enough. And I mean, we, the collective, we both VA, EDF and folks in the space to make sure that um, caregiver employment is a priority and that companies understand the value of Hiring a caregiver. I mean, Patty, look at you. Your resourcefulness. You're, you're an entrepreneur. You got your hands in several ventures. Um, you're supporting your family in in various ways. Um, we need to make sure that other folks learn from that. Um, that are given skills 
to potentially, you know, follow your lead in that regard or to go find gainful employment at a company that's structured and allows them to be at home. First priority is to make sure that anybody that's going through urgent or acute financial and emotional health crises, that we can get them through that. And we can at EDF. We can make funding available. We can make mental and emotional health resources available. And we can make in-home care available. All of those things equal getting people past those really, really urgent, critical phases of need, and then bridging them into a path to find gainful employment or education and training that will help them get um, to a secure new uh, uh, phase of their life. And, you know, we have learned, Patty, it's our 10th anniversary this year, and, um, you know, we have learned so much about what this community needs um, over those 10 years through the research that we've done and through the practical advice and experience of caregivers like you um, and just through the work that people like me um, who, who've studied the trends and, and, and look at what the research is, is telling us. And we know that we, we need to continue to offer that acute and urgent support, but we need to bridge that into sustainable employment, housing, education and training support so that families who need a caregiver, a strong, well-supported caregiver in the home can also have strong, well-supported employment, um, which equals a strong, well-supported home and family life for that veteran, for the children, and for the caregiver. Absolutely. I believe that we really need training. Um, Like for me, building my own business was my only option in my head that I could do. And I knew I could do it well. But you know, a lot of the caregivers in the legacy program, they haven't received social security. They haven't you know, they don't have the credit um, or pensions or chance of retirement because so many of them have only put themselves in that caregiver role. And it's hard to imagine yourself out of that caregiver role. For those listening, I know I I do it. I juggle it. Um, It is doable. I would love to see more resources for people who want to start businesses. It seems really overwhelming to start. And thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm stubborn. When I want something, I go after and I get it. I figure it out. But not it's not always possible for somebody to be in that mind frame and they just need that little help. So I think that's a, a big valid point, too. Yeah. You know, Patty, one of the things that we need to do better and um, and we're going to be doing better at, at Dole Foundation is we need to keep uh, ahead of the trends in our community. Right. So that means that the folks are going to see EDF being a whole lot more proactive on surveying our community. And by surveying, I mean formal surveying outside of, you know, posting within our, our Facebook group or on our, uh, among our fellows to get anecdotal data on the needs of our community. We spend, as you know, a lot of time, resources and energy on investing in research. Um, but, um, we can do and we're going to be doing many more short-term pulse surveys across the year that help us understand the kind of trends you just pointed out um, on training and education right we know that uh, given some of the inflation concerns not even concerns the reality of inflation that we're seeing and the impact that we're seeing on people's pocketbooks um, have resulted in a lot of folks rethinking about what employment means to them right 
um, caregivers have been working from home for a long, long time, but now a lot of Americans are working from home for the first time. So the good news for the caregiving community is that there are a lot of jobs that companies previously classified as office-only jobs are becoming in-home-only jobs. I mean, Patty, you know, most of what we did at EDF was from an office, and we've been mm-hmm. out of the office for the last two years. We've proven that much of what folks think you can do traditionally in the office can be conducted at home. That presents a tremendous opportunity for us to engage the corporate community in reframing the kinds of positions and the eligibility for caregivers who are balancing the need to care for their loved one while also delivering support to that family by means of employment. And um, we we hired a caregiver, Sean Moore, um, who I know you know, a couple of months ago, and Sean's doing terrific work getting ready to roll out our critical financial assistance program in the next month. But right after that, we'll be rolling out uh, um, a, a, our employment programs with a re-engaged and I think repositioned series of corporate partners who are more eager, given those um, employment trends, to invite the caregiver community more directly um, into the employment pipeline for some big companies whose names you and I both know. So that is a very big agenda for us at the Dole Foundation. Um, uh, And so my pledge, my request really to you and to the community is if you're in crisis, reach out to us. Um, We can help you right now, but we can also help you bridge crisis to security. Um, and, um, and, And that's a commitment on our program platform that we're moving towards. Wonderful. Steve, now could you go ahead and share those social media links again for the Dole Foundation? Yeah. Our Twitter link is at Dole Foundation. Um, our uh, Facebook page, you know, you can search uh, Hidden Heroes or Elizabeth Dole Foundation on Facebook. Um, and uh, the best website to access our resources and support is www.hiddenheroes.org. Excellent. And for me as a caregiver to any military care caregivers out there listening, um, I know a lot of you have a lot of pressure and I know you have a lot on your plate and I know it's easy to point fingers, trust me, because I'm as frustrated as anybody right now with what's going on as is, um, many of our advocates, but the only way to really, um, make a difference is to actually go through a process and um, that's not, you know, we don't want to call names to people. We don't want to tear people down. That's not going to get us anywhere. So we have to work together. Right, Steve? That's right, Patty. And Patty, that's, that's for anybody that doesn't know you, Patty, that's what you've been doing over the last several months with us and with other partners. You know, Patty, please continue to, you know, light up my cell phone as you have with advice in very proactive ways. Caregivers, you know, have reached out to you and and you're sharing that wisdom with us. I invite the community to be in direct touch with me. Um, But Patty, I love the advice that you just gave. We've got to turn frustration. um, We've got to turn vitriol into determination uh, to change course. And the best way to be productive, and this is this goes on years and years of experience in my part on mobilizing and how to be effective in, in enacting change is to work together, is to lock arms and to bring the collective voice of our community together around data, data that we're, we're really good at collecting at Dole Foundation and, um, and bringing it to, to leaders who we've built trusted relationships with, um, many of whom 
Patty, you have good trusted relationships with that you've built over time as well. Um, and I think you could be a whole lot more effective by working together. The loudest voice in the room doesn't always win, right? Exactly. Um, and, and it's really easy on social media um, to be that loud voice. Um, and sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. Um, and, you know, doing what you do, Patty, by reaching out and by bringing us together and by um, representing you know, your peers by doing this podcast, by allowing people like me to get this information out, brings the community together through the hard, you know, we've been, uh, I think we've been like a squeaky wheel with the VA uh, the last four months. And, and um, they may even have that nickname for me right now. But that squeaky wheel paid off because we were methodical in the ways that we brought information to the VA. We did surveys that brought the full voice of the community to bear. Um, and when the secretary received the information, he took action um, as a secretary should. Now, we're going to hold the VA accountable um, uh, on this review and make sure that it's a full review, that it's not just looking forward, but that we're considering what's happened over the last several months and the lives that have been impacted. Um, and I'm going to keep you and every single member of this community updated on their progress. I would also just say to all those caregivers listening who aren't members of the PCFC program, that there is a lot of support available for you at the foundation, um, from our partners, and even from the VA. Um, and I think folks are going to get um, some good news in the next week um, or two about some promising initiatives from the Dole Foundation and some of our legislative partners as we really begin to address some of the fundamental flaws of the ways that caregivers are engaged um, and supported at the VA. Um, we can continue to do evaluations like the VA is going to do on PCAFC, but you and I know, both know, Patty, these kinds of reviews have been done before, and then we go back to having these consistency issues again, right? Mm -hmm. And your experience in Florida might be totally different than the experience someone's having in New York or Oklahoma or Mississippi. That's not right. That means that there are fundamental root issues at the VA that need to be addressed. We are aware right now, we believe it, at, at EDF that we know what some of those root issues are. Um, and, um, and we're going to put forward some proposals in the next couple of weeks um, with VA, um, with bipartisan legislative partners that begin to get at some of the root issues that have, that have really um, been challenges for the caregiver community and VA for a long time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve, for just taking some time out. Um, before we disconnect for today. I've been podcasting for a while today. <laughs> You're my last one. Um, is there anything else that you would just like to reinforce? I want to reinforce to every single person listening that you're never alone. Um, when you're dropped from a program like PCAFC, when you go to a, a VBA representative and you feel like you're not getting the answer you need, um, when your loved one has um, um, a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, I know it can feel like you're by yourself. Um, but we are here for caregivers where and when you need it. Um, we have, like I said, Patty, emergency support available and we have long-term support available. And if we don't have it, we'll find someone who does. Um, so my message to the community is you're not alone. Um, and uh, join us, um, join Patty uh, uh, in advocating for this community um, and together we'll, we'll get it done. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And again, you guys go to the Elizabeth, or it's elizabethjewelfoundation.org for more information. You're going to find a lot of great, great information with links and um, everything you need. And if you're listening and for some reason you're having a problem either emailing Steve, um, which he gave the email address, info at elizabethjewelfoundation.org. Um, if you can't get through, go ahead and contact me. You all should have my contact information. This show is going to be on every podcast platform. If you're listening through the podcast platform or the radio stations, you'll see show notes if you go to my pages. So read through the show notes. If you're watching this on Amazon TV or Roku, please um, just look at your screen. You'll have all the links right in front of you. Um, So Steve, thank you again so much for being on the show. And, And like Steve said, don't forget you're not alone. Thanks so much, Patty. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.